0: So the day I bought this suit, I thought I should try it on first. So I went up to the counter at the men's department at Walmart in South High Point, and I asked if I could get into the dressing room to try it on, and the associate looked at me, and the suit, she says, yeah, you're going to want to try it on and take a look at it first. (laughs) And so I said to her, I said, but I'm going to buy this. If it fits, I'm good to go. And she looked at me with kind of a shocked look and a bit of a wrinkled nose, and she said, really? I said, yeah, I lost a bet, and now I'm making good on that bet. And so I told her all about the bet and the camp out for hunger, the food drive, and the donation of over 7,500 or 7,600 pounds of food and how, in a moment of insanity, I promised to wear this suit if we raised over 5,000 pounds of food. And I said, but you know what? You think this suit's bad. You got to see the other guy. He's got to wear a very suave, styling black tuxedo. You really need to come see that. Well, then she asked me, What do you do? I said, Well, I'm a pastor. I figured this was the make or break moment. She says, You're a pastor. What church do you pastor? And I proudly responded Deep River Friends meeting at the intersection of Penny Road and Wendover Avenue and High Point. And she smiled and she shook her head and she said, You know what? I'm going to need to check that church out. Now, I don't know if she's here or not. She was gone by the time I came out of the dressing room. But her response stayed with me. It wasn't necessarily that she was interested in coming to Deeper of her friends, it was. But it's because that they had a pastor that loses bets and had to pay four $42.99 for a tacky Christmas suit. I'm thinking, is that why she wants to come? <laughs> but what stayed with me was this that she wanted to come check out a church because they were willing to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. She wanted to come check out a church because they were willing to do something just a little bit crazy, maybe a little bit fun, and because they had accomplished something very worthwhile and rather amazing. That she wanted to check out that kind of group. And it made me wonder how many people stay away from church because it tends to be quite frankly boring, predictable, and keepers of the status quo. I'm not suggesting a suit like this every Sunday, a steady diet of it. I'm not suggesting tuxedos and a massive food drive every week. What I am suggesting is this, that I think people are hungry and longing for something in their life that disrupts the status quo. I think they're hungry and longing for something that lifts their sights above the predictable and gives them a glimpse of holy unpredictability. I think people are hungry and looking for something that gives them hope and gives them a reason to not be cynical anymore. And I think people are hungry and and longing for something that reminds them that there are still good people in this world doing good stuff in this world for good reasons. And they're hungry and they long to be with a group of folks who are willing to do what they can to turn back the tides of pain and suffering. I think that's what attracted her. I don't think it was the suit. Come on now, you're still, you're still, your eyes are still hurting, so I know it's not the suit. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, I made the statement that one of the greatest threats to the spiritual life, I think, can be familiarity, over-familiarity. It all becomes so familiar to us. We're no longer surprised. We're no longer stirred. We're no longer stunned. We don't even seek. We kind of give this polite nod to what we've always heard, to what's always happened. And we go through the motions of this. We try to hide our yawn as best as we can. And we go back to what we're doing. We, we go back to what we keep doing, to what, we's, what we've always done. And even if we're seeking, even if we're seeking, we kind of tame our expectations by telling ourselves to not get our hopes up too high. And we go on distracting ourselves just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I think everything about Advent, though, is designed to shatter our comfort with the familiar, and it invites us to prepare our hearts, to open up the space in our lives for the possibility of the unpredictability and even the crazy which can often lead to an encounter of the transformative kind. I think that's what Advent invites us to be about. Let's think about it. It's crazy that a woman in the Bible, Elizabeth's age, and in a barren condition would bear a son. But that's what God promises and that's what happens, for nothing is impossible with God. That's what the Scripture says. She gives birth to John the Baptist. It's crazy that a young peasant woman who isn't even married would give birth to one who is the Messiah and Savior of the world. And she says to God may it be to me as you have said. And she gives birth to the son and gives him the name Jesus. It's a little out of the ordinary that this baby would be recognized as anyone special But people of different walks of life, shepherds, kings of the east, they recognize that he is unlike any other child, any other person. In fact, he's a king. And then there's this part in Matthew's gospel where we're told that King Herod is threatened by the possibility of competition from another king being born. And because of this, he orders all the boys two years and younger to be killed. And divine providence leads Joseph to escape to Egypt with Mary and Jesus where they become refugees until it's safe to return to Israel after the death of Herod. It's all crazy. It is all unexpected. So much disruption, so much of the unexpected, so much of the impossible, so much of God's intent and purposes coming into play in the most unexpected ways at just the right time. And it's almost as if we're being dared to yawn. It's almost as if we are being dared to just give a polite head nod to be so familiar with it that we reduce any possibility of encounter to a zero. And if something new or something out of the ordinary crosses our path, if a God moment occurs we're at the risk of missing it and not even seeing it. This is what John warns us about in the gospel. The true light we read or heard that shines on all people, was coming into the world. And the light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. And this is the same light that John mentions just a few verses earlier. The life was the light for all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish it. This light is life. And John uses the terms interchangeably that life is light, and light means life, and the light and life, they shine in the darkness of our lives and in our world, and the darkness can't extinguish it. I want you to grasp that thought just for a moment. There is nothing so dark in this world that will extinguish this light. There's nothing so dark in this world, as as Carrie referenced, that extinguishes the light in you and I or anybody we come into contact with. It always shines. And yet this light came into the world and we don't even recognize it, not then and often not now. Life has become too familiar and we're too attached to the familiar and its comfort and safety. And we don't even recognize when the light of possibility and hope begins to intrude and disrupt our lives. And not just in a bad way, but in the kind of way that catches us off guard, wakes us up and invites us to pay more attention. I'm really glad that Gay, uh, not just for all the musicians and choirs part, but I'm really glad she made mention of the concert Friday night. This past Friday, Deep River Friends Choir, uh, the Happy Tones and other guest solos to musicians held a Christmas concert. Everyone did a wonderful job. Music was beautiful. Mark and Ann did a wonderful job directing. um, But during one of the songs we were singing, I began to feel simply overwhelmed with joy so much so I had to stop singing. I had this lump in my throat and my eyes were moist and I just simply listened for a few measures and then I joined back in and I was trying to remember what song it was because we sang three or four songs and I remember it was the song I Believe. And I just remember as we kept singing and and that, that, that refrain over and over, I believe, I kept thinking to myself, I want to believe, I want to believe, I want to believe that light is greater than dark, I want to believe that life is greater than death, I want to believe this and something inside of me began to think about you all and what you've gone through and and my family and the fact I got to wear the suit on Sunday, I did think about that I thought about all the joy and I just started to get emotional and I had to stop because it was in that moment I realized I do believe and I love every minute of this It was unexpected, I was totally unprepared for it, but in that moment I welcomed it because it breathed back into my soul a sense of joy. It was one of those grace moments that shattered my familiarity with the song, with the season, and invited me to make that space. I really want you to be open to that, to those moments where it just kind of sneaks up on you and brings you that moment of joy and peace and laughter and fun and celebration and a smile on your face or maybe just a deep trust and a deep confidence and a deep peace. Don't brush it off as I've got other things to do. Don't push it aside because I'm too busy and i got this to-do list. Don't don't put it away over here because you think the other foot's going to drop eventually. Just hold on to it and keep it and let it be what it is. The light of God's love and presence is continually shining into the dark and the overfamiliar parts of our lives. The light of God's love and presence is continually shining into the darkness of our world, into those places we've allowed ourselves to become too familiar with. This light of God's presence and love is continually shining into those moments when our familiar world collapses and we're thrust into unfamiliar territory. And, This light can't be extinguished, it will never be extinguished by the dark and it not only existed before Jesus but lived in and through Jesus and now lives in and through you and I. And it's more a matter of will you and I recognize it when it shines. When it shines in the world, when it shines in those moments, when it shines through other people, will we recognize it when it illumines, when it creates clarity in the darkness, will we step away from the familiar and lean into the unfamiliar and the unexpected and embrace it. Author and pastor Bruce Epperly writes this, the new thing that God seeks often occurs in times of disruption. When the familiar world has collapsed and the future is in doubt, when the days grow shorter and we wonder if darkness will swallow the light, God's new thing is the vision of something more. It's this hovering possibility that challenges the world as it is. Now, I'm glad you came to see me in the suit this morning. It makes the $42.99 so worthwhile. I'm glad you came to see Dave in his tuxedo because it's hard telling when you're ever going to see that again. But my prayer most of all is this, that you will see and you will recognize the light of God's love and presence making its way into your life into your world and into our world. When life becomes too familiar and our attachment to it is shattered or disrupted, we can then encounter God in new ways. Our familiar world collapses but the light of God's grace and presence shines and we catch a glimpse of that something more. And the possibilities that still exist for our life, our relationships even after they've collapsed. Our familiar understanding of the spiritual life, it goes through a change and we're open to deeper and new ways of understanding understanding of ourself and God and we catch a glimpse of something more for our spiritual life. Our familiar ways of coping no longer work and a space for God's light sneaks in and, and opens us up and brings healing. Our familiar acceptance with the way things are in the world it gets challenged. And we feel challenged And the light of God's grace and justice and invites us to be more engaged in peacemaking and justice making and speaking truth to the powers that often mock God's intent for the world. And our familiar acceptance with life and feeling that life will always be this way, and it will never be disrupted, is challenged. And we begin to wake up to the reality that we have taken friends and family and time for granted. And God's piercing and convicting light makes us more aware of this. And quite honestly, sometimes our overfamiliarity with our past mistakes, our past failures, our past messes, it gets exposed by the light of God's love and it welcomes God's forgiveness and grace in a way that seems fresh and new and restorative. Probably one of my favorite images and verses in our text this morning is verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish it. No matter how dark our lives get, it cannot extinguish the light of God's joy and grace. No matter how dark our world seems at times, it cannot extinguish the light of God's justice and mercy. It just keeps pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. And no matter how dark our past may seem, it can't extinguish the light of God's love and forgiveness. And no matter how dark or foreboding our circumstances or future may feel and seem, it cannot extinguish the light of God's care and God's guidance and God's direction. I can still hear the words of the associate at Walmart, I need to check this church out. I hope someday she will. I'm not taking this suit back, by the way. I'm keeping it, so that's not why I would go back and see her. But in the meantime, in the meantime, though, let's do this. Let's take the church to her. Let's take the church to the world. Let's take it to our communities, to our places where we work and play, the places in which folks are hurting and broken the places in which God's truth and justice needs to be heard, let's take this light into our world. And in those moments in when God's light shows up in our presence, either in circumstances or situations or people, let's take a moment and recognize it and acknowledge it and thank God for that moment.